Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. No, I am not corona sick. I just have a cold. That's just the way it works here in the springtime in Atlanta, March 17, 6 p.m., Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on blogtalkradio.com. We are very much aware of what's going on with corona. Let, let's throw that out there right, right away. It is the story. We understand that you guys are all stir-crazy. I'm stir-crazy, too. I won't deny that. I have been sitting in my apartment pretty much the whole day uh, with lots and lots of food, which is a big problem, and nowhere to go. I've taken a walk outside for about 10 minutes. I have gone to the gym downstairs, which I am sure will be closed by tomorrow morning. We're all feeling this. So why are we here? Why are we hosting a sports radio show when hundreds of people have died in the United States, thousands of people have died across the world. Why are we hosting a sports radio show? Probably for the same reason that you're listening to the sports radio show. Because it's fun. (laughs) Well, it's fun, but it's also a respite, right? It's also a break from reality. We are not under any circumstances, saying that we are the most important thing in your life right now. We don't want to be. You should be taking care of your kids. You should be taking care of your household. You should be taking care of yourselves. And you should all be safe. Most importantly, you should all be safe. Social distancing, whatever you would like to call it, sanitizing your hands, whatever precautions you feel deemed necessary, please take them. But we are here for an hour today to hopefully take your mind off of that, for hopefully that you will not be stir-crazy for this hour. And if you'd like to call in and tell us your stories about how you're being stir-crazy, please do, 760-283-0846. So what will we be talking about the next hour? Well, you can cross Major League Baseball off the list. We really don't need that. (laughs) There's no no NCAA tournament to speak of, so we don't have a preview for that. Uh, we don't have an NBA playoff picture. We really won't be talking about that. We we have no NHL picture to talk about. So, man, really, what is there to talk about? <laughs>
na 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 hey hey goodbye goodbye my lord yes he's gone he's gone are you he's no longer are you really not, are you really upset that upset that Kyle Van Noy just left for 51 million to the dolphins is it really worth the case worth that song Seth, that's the most ridiculous contract I've seen. And we can go through we can go through the numerous bad moves that Seth and I and, and I have a list. I mean I have a list of those contracts that I'm kinda of going, yeah, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But the big news is ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch gold witch, the wicked witch, ding dong, Tom Brady is dead. Well, at least he's well, he's not dead. He's not dead. Did now? Did you make a deal that for Tom that you would you would happily trade the end of the world for Tom Brady leaving the Patriots? No, no, no. Did no. you make this deal? Only, only, only the end of my world, not the end of everybody's world. So, so God went a little bit overboard on the trade. Uh, he he took he took Sean's world. And several billion people to be named later, as opposed to just me. Um, look, I made a deal with the devil, and the devil won, and that's okay. But I am so gloriously happy of this occurrence. And I'm even more, you know, I was reading something today on The Athletic by Connor Hughes, I believe it was, who was, a, who was an excellent author, where he was asked the Jets' opinion of or what effect this would have on the Jets fan. Not necessarily on the Jets, but the Jets fan. And his response was, Jets fans are so, and I'm paraphrasing, Jets fans are so morbid in general that we're just waiting for Jameis Winston to be signed by Bill Belichick and for him to throw for 64 touchdowns next year. <laughs> and, and, and three interceptions. Because that's what will happen. Like, it, wow. I mean, look, Tom Brady's gone. The, first of all, Seth, hi. I mean, I, I didn't even welcome you to the show. Hi. Hello. Sorry about that. Hey. So, Tom okay. Brady, Nobody cares Tom about Brady, me anyway. Well, true. Tom Brady's gone. The musical chairs of quarterbacks goes round and round. And from what we understand, the quarterbacks that have sat down on those chairs, Philip Rivers signs for one year, $25 million with the Colts. That's a done deal. Teddy Bridgewater has moved from New Orleans to Carolina for three years and $60 million. That's a done deal, which means Cam Newton will not be there anymore. The 49ers have stated that Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy. Now, let me ask you this, Seth. Do you believe that? Because I sure as hell don't. Well, first of all, hi to everybody listening. Um, I don't know. I think they make the run at Brady. Um. Look, we, we know the Chargers are going to be in the, are going to be there. We know the Buccaneers are going to be there. 
I am thinking I'm thinking Chicago is going to take the run at Newton. And for Brady, I mean, think how ironic it would be. Brady ends up in San Francisco. They cut Garoppolo. Who needs a starting quarterback? The New England. Well, okay. In the circle so a couple of things are... Hold on. But a couple of things would happen here. First of all, the, Patriot, the, the 49ers would not cut Garoppolo. They wouldn't. He has dead, he has dead Isn't he dead? There's no money. On, there's no guaranteed at this point, correct? Right. So they trade him. They wouldn't cut him. Okay. Fine. They'd want to get – they'd want to recoup some value there. So that's number one. And there is the, – the issue is do the Niners have enough money with both Garoppolo and Brady on the, on the, on the cap – I haven't gotten to that yet. The, the Niners made a whole lot of, of different choices yesterday, one of which I agree with, one of which I don't. We'll get to that in a second. But I seem to recall some guy a year ago saying that the Niners would have Tom Brady at the end of this year. Yeah, that would be me. Um, yep. I know. I'm so hoping that this plays out just so I can be right once on this show. <laughs> Uh, again, if you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. So, so the quarterback jobs that are open, Miami, we can state that that job is Ryan Fitzpatrick's only as a placeholder for now. New England is now open. The Chargers are open. The Bucks are open. Am I missing anybody else? Not off the top of my head, do you, no. Do you say that the Redskins are open? No. I think they'll give Haskins a year. Um, okay. And they're, they're, they're not they're, – the Redskins are not a player away from a title anyway. So, to go after a Newton or a Brady makes absolutely no sense. Okay. So, we have said numerous times on the show that there will be a quarterback that has no spot. Right? We, we've all talked about this. We've, we've all yeah. believed that that's Jameis Winston. You and I have both concurred that we believe that that is Jameis Winston. You still have the belief that it's Jameis Winston? No, I think it's Cam Newton. I think, I think he's right. going to end up going to Chicago and is going to fight for the job with Trubisky. Um, okay, and and Chicago needs draft picks. They have given away a ton of picks. So to trade another pick for Cam Newton seems to be a little – I mean, they'd either wait for him to be cut. I don't think they have enough picks to make that – I mean, they don't have a first. I don't, know. I don't believe they have well, a – Well, the problem also – I don't believe – I don't know what the – what is the value of Newton on the open market? A 30-year-old quarterback, formerly mobile quarterback, coming off an injury-plagued year, I I don't know his value. Okay, so the the Bears have a second-rounder, a fourth-rounder, a fifth-rounder, two sixths, and a seventh. Sorry, two sevenths. So if it's a fifth or a sixth, sure. I mean, whatever. But again, they don't have a lot of picks. They're not. 
Yeah, they're not giving up the second for him. Um, and the fourth, and the fourth is a compensatory pick. So, so it's the last pick of the fourth round. Right. Or and one of the, the other last thing is, compensatory picks. Right. And if you look at the way that draft pick compensation has gone, let's understand that Calais Campbell was traded from the Jaguars to the Ravens, who I believe have done a tremendous job in free agency As so usual. far. No real, no real surprise. And that was for a fifth-round pick. So I, I can't see Cam Newton going for a fifth or maybe even a sixth. I mean, it's got to be like a conditional sixth or seventh, right? I mean, it can't be a lot. It just can't. And if I'm the Bears, no, I, just I, don't think the Panth- I just wait for the Panthers to cut him. So where do you think Winston winds up? If, if you think that Winston's not the guy out, where is Jameis winding up? Well, I think Brady ends. I think Brady ends up in LA. So, what are we looking at here? As we said, we are looking at Miami. I don't think he's a Miami quarterback. Can you? Can you would you mind? Is, would you mind shutting off your cell phone while I think? Um, Sorry. Who's Who's the fourth team? I forget. So you have San Diego. I'm sorry, I missed who you thought that Brady going to. You think he's going to San Diego or he's, oh, sorry, LA or he's going to the Bucks? I haven't going. I haven't going to LA. Okay. Otherwise, so the I would have Winston going to LA. But okay, the Bucks. He's not. He's not resigning with the Bucks. Miami. Not a good fit. New England. No. Don't see it. That's it. Dude, that's that's it. Those are three starting jobs left. That's it. So I think the so, Jeez. I mean I I can't see him at all with the Buccaneers. Uh with with the Dolphins. At all. I don't think no. that's a horrendous a, fit for that team. I horrendous. Agree. So, I mean, him with the Chargers sounds awesome. I mean, you know me. I am so that, looking at this from a, from a fantasy perspective that I am just like oh, yeah. licking my lips at seeing Tom Brady and Chris Godwin together. I mean, I am. Nobody wants to I was see salivating this morning. I was salivating this morning over that. I could pretty much hear, I could pretty much hear the orgasm on the phone. I know. Um, <laughs> Thanks. So, I don't know. I mean, he may have to be a backup for a year, uh, which I can imagine. I, I can't see him as a backup, but I don't know where the starting the starting position is. I, I don't see it. Um, I think there's almost a better chance he would resign in Tampa. To be perfectly honest, not that I think Bruce Arians oh. wants him. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that's a shot. I think Arians no, is dumb with him. I is there is there a quarterback that 
is your quarterback coming off an injury? He's not going to go to New Orleans. He's not going to go to well, Atlanta. Jameis may go he's to just New kind Orleans. Of playing. Look, look, New Orleans needs a number two. Well, I think if they're putting Chase on Hill as a, as a, as a first-round tender, I think they think he's going to be the quarterback. They're not going to bring him to Tennessee. Like, I don't know. I don't know where the right fit is for him. So I see it in two places. I see it in New Orleans because while Taysom Hill is being groomed as the number one, he can't be the number two on on an on a weekly basis because he's the number two quarterback. Then you have an inactive third, right? So if you have an inactive third, then you can't play Taysom Hill in his Swiss Army knife type of deal because if he gets hurt, you don't have a backup quarterback. Right. Okay. That's a problem. That's why they played Bridgewater. That's why they had Bridgewater last year was because they wanted to use Taysom how Hill about, in that way. How about if Detroit trades Stafford? Now, I could see Stafford in a New England I can see it's not exactly a great fit but I can see Stafford is a Stafford is a great arm he's not a touch guy per se but it's a better he's much smarter with the ball he's smart with the ball I could see Winston going to Detroit if they're going to trade Stafford well okay so I'm going to pour some cold water on your on your theory right here. Chase Daniel just signed, somehow Chase Daniel signs these contracts four years and $13 million. Sorry, three years and $13 million to back up Matt Stafford. I don't think they're trading Stafford if they have Chase Daniel back there. I think you don't don't go get a Chase Daniel if you're going to go get a Jameis Winston. You get a much better backup quarterback. And somehow, by the way, Chase Daniel has thrown like 500 passes in his NFL career and has accumulated $43 million. <laughs> I'm like, how? Uh, I mean, seriously, $43 million. No, I think he's taken 500 snaps. I don't think he's thrown 500 passes. Okay. Like, so, answer the, so answer the question, who is the quarterback out that's left out? So I, so I think Brady goes to San Francisco. I mean, look, this is my ideal, right? Brady goes to San Francisco. Garoppolo goes to New England. Really, do you really think Brady's going to San Francisco, or do you just, you just want to be right? Let that percolate for a second. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I really want to be right. That's number one, because this is a year in the making that I'm making this prediction. So I really want to be right. Um, No, I actually think that Tom Brady winds up in Tampa. I do. I think he winds up in – I think Tampa gives him more money than – I think they give him more money, and I think he winds up in Tampa. I think he sees – Bruce Arians as the perfect coach for him. 
which I think he is, because Bruce Arians will say, look, go play, right? He's not going to micromanage Tom Brady. He's never been known that way. He's always been known as a player's coach. And if he goes to, if he goes to, um, I keep calling him San Diego. If he goes to LA, he's playing with Anthony. His coach is Anthony Lynn. Uh, Their ownership is Dean Spanos, and who knows? And I get the fact that that's that's California, but I, I think he's got a better shot. Look, do I think he has more talent in LA? Perhaps. I really do. And today they signed a couple of more offensive linemen. They actually signed Brian Balaga as well. Hold on. Let me get there. Yeah, so they got so they re-signed Eckler. They, re, they put the trans franchise tag on Hunter Henry. They signed Brian Balaga, and they acquired Trey Turner, which I thought was an incredible deal for them. And that was getting a good Turner move. for yeah, Russell Lacoon. Like, I thought, tremendous deal. But that offensive line is still really shaky. And so, yes, they have the sixth pick in the draft. They get the sixth pick. Um, and yes. they could go get another offensive lineman. But I real look, I think Tampa, I, I think Arians has them going the right way. Uh, today, they, um, they, they put the franchise tag on Barrett. They went and re-signed uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. And their defense was quite solid last year. And they're getting uh, Devin – which one is it? It's not – it's Devin Bush, right? He's Devin down Bush. there? Yeah. Devin Bush. So you got Devin yep. Bush and Levante David coming back. I think, I think he's going to take the money in Tampa. Uh, closer, to, closer to Miami, closer to that whole scene. I think he, he goes there. So let's put that in there. So, so Brady goes to Tampa – now you have a spot in New England. I think Andy Dalton gets traded to New England. I agree. Plays I think that makes for, a lot of sense. Plays there for a year. Maybe Siddham's the guy. Maybe he's not. But he's not the guy next year. I'll tell you that flat out. He is not that. There is no way that Bill Belichick goes into next year with Jared Siddham as his starting quarterback. None. I don't know who it is, but my prediction is it's Dalton, but it ain't going to be him. I, I would be shocked, like beyond shocked. So now you have L.A. L.A. goes for – I think they get Cam Newton. Take a flyer on Newton. Look, I could see them signing Newton and Winston and saying, go, best one wins. They're both the same type of quarterback, so why not just do it that way? Now, that's never happened, right? You've never had two basically starting quarterbacks fighting it out. But really, what leverage do either one of those two guys have? Winston has no leverage, and Cam Newton has no leverage. Cam Newton has no has one year left on his contract at 17.6, and none of it is guaranteed. Neither one of these guys has leverage. And then you got – and the other thing is, would, would Miami be interested in, a, in Cam Newton? That's the only other place I could see it. 
I could actually, Maybe. I could see that a little bit more. I could see that. Well, they'd have to get rid of Fitzpatrick at that point. Now, here's another interesting thing. If, you, if you're Bill Belichick and you feel like you could win with anybody, which I seriously think Bill Belichick can, would you be interested in Ryan Fitzpatrick? Why not? I mean, I, as I'm logically, it makes sense. He's a smart quarterback. He yep. can play. He has got a better arm than Brady does. He yep. knows the game. He, now, at this point in his career, Fitzpatrick has been on a lot of losing teams. Yeah, he may want to say, hey, what the heck? That's an interesting flyer. New England still has to put weapons around them, though. Oh, I, I agree. No, the problem is doing it. I agree. But I was just – it, it, look, it was just an interesting thought, right? So if Newton goes down to – if Tampa Bay, if Brian Flores says, hey, I can trade Ryan Fitzpatrick for, say, a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick, and I'll trade him up to New England, and I can go get Cam Newton for two years or even Jameis Winston for two years while I draft a Tua or I draft a Justin Herbert, or they, or they still have Josh Rosen. Like an, knows. Right. Yeah. Right. That doesn't sound like an awful idea to me. Okay. No, I agree. So, so we've gotten through that. Now, tell me, look, we both agree Baltimore's done a tremendous job, right, in this yep. free agency. So Baltimore signed Michael Brockers of the Rams. Uh, that was a three-year, $30 million deal, 21 fully guaranteed. They picked up Calais Campbell and then re-signed him. So he was supposed to be $15 million under the cap. He signs an extension. He's now only 10 under the cap. They put the franchise tag on Matt Juden, who I believe now that they have signed Campbell, they will look to trade. They'll tra- they'll trade. And and they also re, they put in the original tender on Matt Skura, who's a center. Now, you called me this morning. We had this conversation where we talked about the Giants and the Jets. And, look, we talk a lot about our favorite teams here on the show. I get that. We're going we're gonna to plow through these guys so we no longer talk about them today. So the Giants, I think, had a good, had a good first two days. Would you agree? I agree. I do. Okay, so they get James Bradbury, which to me was a must sign for them, gets them a number one corner. More importantly, only a three-year deal, 45. Kyle Fackrell, a linebacker who I have never heard of. One year, I, was just, I don't know who that is. Oh, Where is he coming from? Out. I got to find that out. Hold on. They re-signed uh, David Mayo, who you like. Uh, I think he was yep. injured last year. Kyle Frackle uh, comes from the Packers. Uh, okay, he had a combined 13 tackles, 23 tackles last year. He must be a special teams guy. For $4.6 like million? Dollars? Yeah. Nuts. Dude, that's what I mean, remember. Th- Remember, CBA pumped in another $600 million to, to, the, uh, to the cap. So each team got an additional $10 million only, this year. Right. 
but that you're not spending four million dollars on a strictly special teams guy. That's absurd. Guess what? Guess what? You are. <laughs> Look, the Jets may have spent ten okay. million dollars on a on a swing tackle. So I mean, four point six doesn't sound that bad. Um, Blake Martinez gets three years and thirty million. Blake is one of our favorite Fine players from our fantasy league. Love it. Um, Levine to Tuiolo, two years, 6.2. He is a backup tight end. Uh, replaces Rhett Ellison. Actually lowers the cap. Ellison was to make more, but he retired. Yep. And then your favorite and mine, the gift that keeps on giving, Leonard Williams had the franchise tag placed on him. Good for you he didn't sign it. Because if he had signed it right away, you would have owed us a, a third and a fourth. You, you now still owe us a third and a fifth. Yay! Thank you so very much. Now, the kicker is, Gettleman thinks this guy's going to sign a three-year deal for $35 million. Ugh, it's not going to happen. The franchise, num- 30, the franchise, numbers, it, franchise number 17. It, it, Why the heck would he do that? No, 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 hold on. The franchise for the defensive end is 17. For defensive tackle is 14. So there's an argument okay. going on whether he's a defensive end or defensive tackle. Correct. Okay, let's say it's 14. You still going to get him for three years and 30? No, we're not. Right. So it doesn't matter. I mean, the argument's still the same. You're not getting him for that now. I don't know what Gettleman's smoking. So the Jets, okay, so here's my thing, Seth. Last year, the Jets go out in day one, and they spend oogles and oogles of money, right? They go get Le'Veon Bell. Avery, they, Avery, they Williams, Avery and Williams. And they get your favorite and my favorite, C.J. Mosley, who actually is my favorite. That is not sarcastic. It is not Seth's favorite. Seth believes that the Jets overpaid, which they probably did, but that's okay. By the way, he is not the highest paid linebacker in the NFL. I looked that up today. Do you know who is? Not off the top of my head. Bobby Wagner. Okay. Who is tremendous. I love Bobby Wagner. So the Jets spent, so Jets a three-year deal worth 27.3 with 13 guaranteed to George Fant, an offensive lineman from Seattle. And everybody is, not everybody, there are lots of people on the media, there are lots of people on the boards that are aghast that the Jets didn't spend money on uh, Brian Jones, Byron Jones, Byron Jones, or James Bradbury or any of these high-profile free agents that last year they were totally schnookered by that was saying, you're spending too much money. Seth, you and I both know the value free agents are the best free agents, right? Yes. Okay. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of offensive linemen. I believe that the Jets would have gotten Joe Tooney, and I think that the, when the Patriots said, nope, we're going to franchise them. We lost our big guy. So now let's see what they have left after a while. Okay. 
With that understood, who do you think had good free agency so far? We talked about – you want to talk about the big trade that made no sense to me? Please. So DeAndre Hopkins goes from Houston to Arizona, along with a fourth-round pick in exchange for David Johnson as well as a 2022nd and a 2021 fourth. All right, so let's play this out. You just got, what, a top three wide receiver in the NFL? First, worst, top pick. five? For not only a second-round pick, but you were able to dump the salaries of David Johnson. Uh, that, that's what boggles my mind. If the if, – if it was just a second-round pick, I would have been okay with it from both sides. Well, maybe okay with it. But the no, fact that you had Stephon to dump. Look, look what Stefan Diggs got. Okay, Stephon, okay, but Stefan Diggs had a mu, has a much Define better for- contract. Much better contract. It's, it's four more years at like $10 million per year. DeAndre Hopkins has one more year on his contract. So that thing's right. going to balloon up. So yeah, he's going to get a whole nother year. Story. I agree. Right. So, so that's another thing. I get, look, I get that Diggs got more, but Diggs offered more value. He may not – first of all, Fair. Diggs is also 25 years old. Hopkins, I believe, that's is it? 29. It feels, like, it feels like he's older than that. Okay. We're going to – Stefan Diggs. Let's look up when Stefan Diggs was born, shall we? He is 26, November 29th, 1993. He will be halfway through the season. Halfway through the season, if there is a season. Oh, and, but, uh, and Hopkins will be 29 when the season starts. So three years different. And okay. a whole lot of hits, right? I mean, Hopkins gets hit all the time. So, I, I, I get the tra- – first of all, Arizona gets an A, right? An absolute A for this trip. Yes. Okay. Yep. And Larry Fitzgerald's like the happiest man in the world. Not only is he the happiest man, but Kyler Murray is a happy man. Like, everybody's happy. Even Kenyon Drake's happy getting the transition tag, and nobody should be happy getting tagged. But he's happy because now he has, no, he has nobody that's splitting carries with him, and he has DeAndre Hopkins. I, like, I don't even understand how this trade gets made. Hey, hey, you know Bill O'Brien? Um, I'd really like DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, well, what are you going to offer? Um. You know, I'll give you a second-round pick, provided you take the $19 million that I still have on David Johnson's contract. <laughs> and, and by the way, I'd really like a fourth-round pick back with, the num- with DeAndre, and I'll give you a fourth-round pick, like, next year. So, so how does that sound? So you take on more money, you get a second-rounder, I get the best player in the deal, and I get a fourth-round pick. Are we good? Bill O'Brien. Yeah, sounds awesome. Let's do that. The bot thing thought it was fair value. I, I did not understand. The fair value. He texted me. He's like, that's fair value. 
I didn't really know how to Wait, respond. Wait, who said to that? Nabate. Uh, okay. Again, how do we deal with Nabate Isles? <laughs> exactly. Silence. But the, oh, if you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. I have not looked at the switchboard. We do not have any callers yet. But the fact is, it may be fair value if David Johnson's contract's not in there. That's where I'm going. I, I, David Johnson's a negative value. Look, I had him on my fantasy team in two two leagues. Negative value. Unless he can pull something out of his butt, he's negative value. And I get it from the Texans because the Texans let Lamar Miller go and then let Carlos Hyde go. But, man, I don't get it. I just, just don't get it. Okay, the Falcons have released a Seth and Sean favorite, uh, sports radio favorite, Devontae Freeman. They have lost Austin Hooper. They replaced him with Hayden Hurst. And, again, of course, the Ravens make a great trade in trading what was now their third string tight end to Atlanta, for, along with a fourth round pick for a second and a fifth. Now, I think that's a good trade for both sides, though. I agree. First, look, but first, I, uh, oh, first I think it's a breakout player next. Okay, if he stays healthy. Yeah, he got stuck behind an all-pro in Mark Andrews. I mean, you know, and Boy- the reason he's the third string is because Boyle is a tight Boyle is a blocking-only tight end. Hurst is not. So he's going back to kind of know where he's from. I think he's from South Carolina. And I think that's a pretty reasonable I – think, I think both sides are pretty happy with that one. I'm not disagreeing that both sides are happy with it. But if you're, if what amazes me is that Baltimore, they they generally cannot use Hayden Hurst next year, right? I mean, he's a third string tight end. He's he's going to be on the bench for all intents and purposes. Maybe in maybe in two tight end right. like Aaron Hernandez and Matt and Rob Gronkowski lineups, he'll be on the wings. But for all intents and purposes, he's going to get limited snaps. Yep. So an ex-first-round pick, and what is Baltimore? Re- it's the recoup. They got a second-rounder for them. There are not many teams that can trade a third-string tight end, no matter what his pedigree, and get a second-round pick. That's why, that's why Eric DaCosta waited. That's why Steve Biscotti paid him. And that's why he already is one of the best GMs in football. Okay, now here's the other team I think has done very well, the Buffalo Bills, which pains me to say this <laughs> because I finally got rid of freaking Brady, and now I got to deal with the Buffalo Bills. And even more that I have to deal with the Buffalo Bills is the fact that they have the quarterback that on this show for a full year I said I wanted the Jets to get. Go back and look it up. I said Josh Allen was the guy I wanted the entire time. 
so the connection between Buffalo and Carolina continues. Mario Addison takes a deal three years, $30 million, a below-market deal to go to Buffalo. They acquired Stephon Diggs. We talked about that before with the Vikings, along with a seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2020 first-round pick, a fifth and a sixth, and a 2021 fourth-round pick. That's a lot of draft capital, but they had a lot of draft capital to they already had a lot. So how many times does a first does a number one receiver, well, other than DeAndre Hopkins, because that's Bill O'Brien, come available? And I think that Buffalo Bill pick twenty twenty draft order. I think it's thirteen. I think that well, Buffalo Bill pick is Yeah, you're still here. Do you hear me? Well, yeah. Hi. Okay, so that pick is 22, 22 overall. So Minnesota gets a gets a first round pick. They also picked up Josh Norman, who last we remember he was in Washington and Quentin Spain, uh, they who's an offensive guard, resigned to a three year deal. Are you back? Hello. Okay, I guess Seth is not around. Are you there? I am here. I got disconnected. Okay. All right. So here we go. So, so I was just going over the Buffalo pick was twenty-two overall. Um, Minnesota gets a good gets gets value for Stephon Diggs, and be, it's very rare that one, if not one, albeit two. Uh, number one receivers comes into come into play on the market. And what did you think of the trade of Minnesota and Buffalo? I actually thought it was pretty fair on both sides. You're getting three years. You're suddenly you're giving him a number one, which John Brown played like a number one last year, but that, but by the end of the year was being they were catching up to him. Um, it gives you an, another weapon. And the reality is Buffalo is hard. It's hard for Buffalo to attract free agents because they're Buffalo just is what it is. I mean, Josh Norman didn't go there because Josh Norman went there because of Sean McDermott. You take a flyer on it. You see what happens. It seems a good defense. They needed another weapon. They give them that weapon. And they were not, you know, maybe they would have gotten, now they would have taken a wide out, I think, at number 22 overall. There's a lot of them when we get to the draft come April because the draft's not um, delayed. You know, there would have been wide receivers at 22 to take. But Diggs is a known entity. He wanted to be out of Minnesota. He wanted a number one, to be a number one. And he got that opportunity with a quarterback who can throw the ball. So you get that. Minnesota gets four picks. They can rebuild some of their some of their some of their secondary, which has been hampered a little bit. They can take another wide out. You know, they don't need a total rebuild, but you know, the days of them people thinking that they were going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, which I was one of them, are now gone. So this is a it's a quick reboot 
for a guy who didn't want to be there. So I think it was good for both sides. See, so let's play that game. You really think that Minnesota's um, window has now closed? Well, they just never lived up to the expectation. And the defense is good, not great. Now, look, they've won one. If they lose to New Orleans, Mike Zimmer may not have a job. Mm-hmm. The quarterback has been good, not great. Dalvin Cook, when healthy, is great, but health, you know, has never been his. Is never he's never always he's certainly not someone who's continuously healthy. Thielen got injured last year. Your defense took a bit of a step back. Not sure. Well, that quarterback just got three more years. So I know is is that the right move for them to have made? Like you said, first of all, kudos to Kirk Cousins because <laughs> for a guy that bet for a guy that bet on himself, he's made about one hundred ninety million dollars. Like he's you only look at Dak Prescott and you say, "Wow, I mean, is this the way to go?" But he definitely bet on himself and, and has come out ahead. Um, I think what happened was that the Vikings went more to a run-based offense, which they did last year. Stephon Diggs Agreed. got kind of tired of it and said, I want the ball. And this is where we wound up. I mean, he took, he took a couple of days off last year where he said, I just don't want to be here. And, look, that division, first of all, the – I'm looking at the the moves that Chicago made, and I'm kind of shaking my head because I don't understand them. Well, the same in Jacksonville, but Chicago's one of those teams where I'm going, huh? How did that work out? So they so they they signed Robert Quinn to a five year, seventy million dollar deal. That's a good move. I like that. Yeah, I like that deal. I actually like that. That's a lot of money for a pretty for an older defensive lineman. So Robert Quinn is 30 years old. Um, I they let go I don't think of Leonard. Than that. Yeah, they let go of Leonard Floyd today, who was making 13 million dollars. So basically, Quinn fills Leonard Floyd's spot, and you got Quinn on one side and Khalil Mack on the other. That's not bad. I like that. It's the other moves that don't make any sense to me. Number one, they re-signed Danny Trevathan, who I like but is always injured. A three-year deal worth 21.75, max at 24, 14 guaranteed. For a guy that gets injured every year, that's not that's not good money spent. That's a that's an Alec Ogletree um, contract, Ogletree. as Seth knows. And Thank then you. the one that really got me was, okay, guys, is this like 2014? I mean. We're going to go sign Jimmy Graham to a two-year deal worth $16 million. Yeah. That I don't get it. Whatsoever. So last year they went out and signed Trey Burton, who got hurt, and I get that. But this is like putting good money after bad on the, deep, on the tight end spot. I, I, just, I just, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. At all. They are one of the more confusing teams to me in the free agency so far. And now let's look at you're in my Cowboys. 
The Cowboys re-signed Darian Thompson. They re-signed Blake Jarwin. By the way, if you haven't heard, Jason Witten is now a Las Vegas Raider, which will be very weird. They re-signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, $100 million contract that includes $60 million guaranteed. Wow, for a wideout. And they placed the exclusive franchise tag on Dak Prescott. I mean, all in all, not a horrendous start. But if they don't get Prescott signed, this could get ugly fast. Yep. And I see no reason why he's going to sign at this point. Considering they've been working on those contracts for what eight months, nine months, not exactly. Don't exactly see good handwriting on. I don't see a good a good end to this whatsoever. No. Okay, so we got two more teams coming up. So Cleveland did Cleveland did some good work. They signed Jack Conklin to a three-year, forty-two million dollar deal. They got off not Hooper. They got Austin Hooper for a four-year, $44 million deal. Now, it's not a horrendous deal in the long scope, but it did reset the tight end market. It is the highest tight end salary in the history of the NFL. So it did re-up that tight end market. And now with Greg Kittle and with Travis Kelsey, I assume both of them are going to blow past that, blow past the 11 million. Kareem Hunt was – was a second-round tender, which we thought was going to happen. But I'll tell you, Seth, if you're a team that's looking for a uh, looking for a running back, why would you not try and get Kareem Hunt for a second-round pick? No agreement on that. Yeah, I, I I would put money and and make Cleveland match. And then the last thing that they did was they signed Case Keenum to a three-year, $18 million deal. And finally, we all know, after years of speculation, Case Keenum is a backup. <laughs> he no, just I, is. He just is. I think he did well. I, have, I agree. And the other team that did well, or the other team that, did, that made moves, number one, Indy signs Phillip Rivers. By the way, there's another spot that you could look at is that Indy trades Jacoby Brissett back to New England. Yep. I see that as well. Because Jacoby Brissett, I believe, only has one year and $15 million left on his, on his, salary, on his contract. So that's a good placeholder. Now, here's the question. If you are New England – New England has, I believe, the 24th pick in the draft, somewhere around there, right? They lost in the second round, yeah, Buffalo at like 22, that. so figure 24. Do you make a move? You have all these compensatory picks. I think they got two-thirds and two-fourths. Do you make a move up to the top 10 and try and get one of the quarterbacks? Well, I think they may look. Jacob Eason, number one. And you know Belichick hates trading up because he hates giving up picks. Um, yep. I don't think you have the capital to get to the top eight or nine. 
So that's the, so pretty much you're looking at Herbert, Tua, and Barrow are gone by six, most likely, maybe by eight or nine. So the only guy you're trading up for is Jordan Love, which is a risky proposition. Not sure he, he's not sure he's really in the vein of what a, a Belichick quarterback is. I think he's more of a Bruce Arians type. You know, we'll see. I don't think they have the capital to move up far enough. Because you need, okay. you still need the whole habit. Twenty-four is not going to get you, no matter what you would add to it, it's not going to get you any higher. Sean, I have to jump. Yeah, you're I gonna... have to jump off, Sean. Right, okay. Right. I got it. All right. Okay. So I'll talk to everyone next week. Yep, where we'll talk more football because it doesn't seem like there'll be anything else going on. Uh, so we'll recap a couple more teams. Um, Kansas City places the franchise tag on Chris Jones. Damian Williams is the running back, and they picked up the contra- picked up his option. The Raiders had a really interesting couple of days. They signed Jeff Heath, the safety, Nick Kwiatkowski, and Corey Littleton totally remaking their linebacking core, which I think is a great idea. Those two really will solidify that linebacking core. They are both fast, especially Littleton. Littleton will now be guarding Travis Kelsey. He may not be able to stop him, but he'll certainly detain him. Marcus Mariota agrees to terms. There's no years, no money, but the quarterback and then Jason Witten agrees to terms on a one-year deal. It'll just be very, very weird seeing Jason Witten anywhere else. And one of my favorite guys, Joe Schobert, agrees to a five-year, $53.75 million deal, $22.5 guaranteed with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't give the Jaguars a whole lot of credit for doing anything right, anything at all. But with regards to this, I think this is a great deal for them. They put him with Miles Jack, and they're good to go. So we got four minutes left. First of all, again, ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch gold witch, the witch did witch, ding dong. The, yeah, Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady's gone. Tom Brady's gone. So for all those people that, all those Jets fans, all those Dolphin fans, all those Bills fans, unless he somehow winds up in Miami, he could conceivably do with Brian Flores. Look, Stephen Ross, is a, the owner of the Dolphins, is a huge Michigan benefactor. He, he signs Tom Brady, drafts Tua in the first round. Two years later, Tua takes over. Yeah, that could, that could happen. I don't think it will, but it certainly could. Unless that happens, we don't have to see this guy. Next week, we'll talk a lot more about the CBA and what the new CBA does with regards to Look, now we're going to have a 17th game. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with the good and the bad, but we'll, go, we'll deep dive into it. Next week, hopefully, we'll have a little bit more clarity on what's going on in the sports world. And we'd really like to hear from you guys as to what you're doing to get your fix in. We do appreciate you tuning in to us. But again, this is a respite. We're all going a little stir-crazy, especially myself, wandering my apartment, circling back and around and around. But at the end of the day, there are far more important things that are going on in the world. So please, take care of yourself. Be safe. Please, 
Stay away from other people. I went out to I went out on Saturday night to a restaurant. Look, I did it. I'm owning it. Wasn't the best of ideas. And I saw how many people were around me, and I realized this is not the right place for me to be at all. And I won't be doing that again. You got to go to the supermarket, go during an off hour. You got to go take a walk, walk away from people. I told my mom the other day, especially the elderly that have problems, and my mom does have respiratory problems. I said, go out for a walk. Somebody's on the same side of the street, walk to the other side of the street. Ladies and gentlemen, please just take care of yourselves. We're all in this together. We'll all get through this like we do anything else. But we have to work together. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. We will see you next week, hopefully with much better results of what's happening in the world. Stay safe, everybody.